There is a quote in the book Maranatha that says, There is no limit to the usefulness of one who, putting self aside, makes room for the work of the Holy Spirit upon his heart and lives a life wholly consecrated to God. Sometimes it's tempting to feel like our efforts to win souls aren't making a difference. Or perhaps we think that the small things we do don't really matter that much. Hi, this is Esther Lowe. In this episode of the GYC Beyond podcast, I sit down with Tara Ving as she shares a powerful testimony of God's faithfulness and ability to use even the smallest things to make an eternal impact. Tara is the Vice President of Evangelism for GYC and also serves as the GLOW Project Manager at the Pacific Union Conference. Hi Tara, welcome to the GYC Beyond podcast. I'm really excited to have you. Could you share with us who you are and what you do? Well, currently I'm the Vice President of Evangelism for GYC, Mm -hmm. but for work, I work for the GLOW Ministry, and I get to work on GLOW tracks, reading, editing, and um, expanding the ministry. That sounds really exciting. How did you get there? What is your testimony and your experience with Jesus? Yeah, so it's a long story, but I would love to share sort of like my background, Yeah. so you can give you a context of... Mm -hmm. Uh, how I grew up and how I found Christ. So I'm going to start in 1976, Mm -hmm. which is a year after Vietnam War. When the Vietnam War ended, Hmong people, which are the people that I represent, Mm -hmm. um, they they supported America in the war. So they Uh actually were experiencing genocide. Mm. And, uh, but before the war, thankfully, uh, there were Adventist missionaries that mm-hmm. came to the country of Laos, which is where my parents are from. And Laos is next to Vietnam. Yes, Laos is a country that is landlocked, mm-hmm. and it's between Vietnam and Thailand. Mm-hmm. And it's usually a forgotten country because it is right. one of the poorest mm-hmm. in uh, Southeast Asia. But in the midst of a war that was about to happen, mm-hmm. there were Adventist missionaries that came to the villages of northern Laos. Wow which is where my grandpa and my parents lived. So by God's grace, my mm-hmm. parents heard the Adventist message, and uh, they became Adventists. Mm-hmm. And um, it was out of... Pr- they became Adventists because they, they observed the missionaries. Mm-hmm. And granted, there were missionaries from all different denominations, but um, what they learned was that when the Adventists prayed... God answered their prayers. That's powerful. And when they be, when Adventists, when Hmong people became Adventists, mm-hmm. they were baptized. They had to get rid of all their idols and mm-hmm. anything that reminded them of their the traditional faith, mm-hmm. um, which is spiritualism, shamanism, but mm-hmm. spiritual worship, worshiping demons, worshiping demons, but worshiping. It's really to it's a it's a faith that is based out of fear. Mm-hmm. And uh, you want to please the spirits. Mm. Once a person became an Adventist in the Hmong culture, there was healing in that home that wow. day. So if someone was dying, they were healed. And because of these powerful miracles, mm-hmm. my parents believed that this was the true faith. Mm-hmm. And so they became Adventists. But uh, in this year, 1976, mm-hmm. they were escaping the country. They were experiencing genocide from the Vietnam War. And they came to this river. And at this river, um, the Mekong River, which Mm -hmm. separates Laos from Thailand, they had to 
escape in the middle of the night, monsoon season, so that the the Viet Cong or the mm. Vietnamese could not catch them. Monsoon season, crossing a river, it must have been a bit of a dangerous experience. It was extremely dangerous, mm-hmm. extremely tense. Um, they were very anxious. Mm-hmm. They didn't know if they should go, but by God's grace, they prayed every step of the way. They prayed for what night to go, when to go, where Mm -hmm. to go, what step to take. They came to this riverbank, Mm -hmm. and what happened was the boat keeper, someone who has a boat, my dad rented this boat Mm -hmm. and told the boat keeper, we need two rides across this river, and I'll pay for it. But with his group, with the whole group that was on this exodus, Mm There's too many people that the boat started sinking. And so the boatkeeper said, if any of you want to survive, somebody has to volunteer and stay behind. There's no way we can get everyone in the first trip. So no one wanted to get out. Mm -hmm. Time was ticking and they could hear soldiers in the back. And basically um, they had to find volunteers who were willing to stay behind. My grandpa, mm-hmm. he's really the, the patriarch of the family, mm-hmm. and he's the reason, he's the one that decided that we should become Adventists. Mm-hmm. He volunteered to stay behind, wow. as well as uh, about two other adults. Mm-hmm. So the first boat made it across to Thailand, mm-hmm. which at that point was um, safety mm-hmm. um, during this war. Um, The boat came back to pick up the the remaining three, and that second trip never made it. Um, And so this this was basically my parents. Mm -hmm. um, They were devastated. You know, they Mm -hmm. could hear my grandpa screaming out my dad's name because he knew who was drowning. And uh, so he sacrificed so that my parents could make it. My parents went to the refugee camps of Thailand Mm -hmm. and then were relocated to America. And uh, so I guess at this point, mm -hmm. you're not in the picture yet. I'm not. (laughs) Yeah. When did you come into the picture? So my parents relocated in um, Santa Barbara, California. Mm -hmm. And um, many of the Hmong people wanted my parents to become part of the community Uh of refugees that moved and relocated. But uh, my parents became... They didn't want to go back, Mm -hmm. and so they actually isolated themselves from the community and uh, were finally connected with the Adventist church Mm. in this town. Um, That's right, you know, and then about six kids later, (laughs) I came into the picture. Um, Which which number are you? Seven. You're number seven. (laughs) Of eight. Um, This is a really powerful story about how God brought your family both into Adventism and then to America. Mm. How did your spiritual experience start from this heritage that you had? I just remember just a very loving church. Um, They always give us toys, Mm -hmm. food, clothes. Um, We were always first at potluck. Oh, that's very nice. (laughs) (laughs) They picked us up for vacation Bible school. Just loved us to the best that they could. Mm -hmm. And I remember... My favorite day was the Sabbath, mm-hmm. going to Sabbath school, learning the stories of the Bible. Mm. You know, my home life was chaotic, mm-hmm. to say the least, but Sabbath was 
rest and respite from you know 10 people in one home (laughs) one apartment really oh wow (laughs) um but I grew up in public school I grew Uh up with a very world view Uh of life despite growing up Adventist Uh and uh, I really struggled with that all my life but I also knew I was different Mm. I knew I didn't do certain things I didn't eat certain ways but yet I I didn't grow up with really any Adventist friends. Mm -hmm. And so when I went to college, I actually left the church. I didn't Mm -hmm. really continue in my faith because I felt my identity was not really established fully. Mm -hmm. But it wasn't until I went to graduate school when God called me out of the world and basically Mm -hmm. said, go to Loma Linda. And just pausing here, what was your background? What were you studying at graduate school and what did God call you to study at Loma Linda or do at Loma Linda? Okay, so my undergraduate degree was in urban and city planning. Mm-hmm. So I really believed in uh, the idea that we need to build healthy communities. Uh-huh. Um, well, it naturally led me to uh, public health, mm. which is a study of understanding community needs mm-hmm. and how to address them. And I actually lived in Washington, D.C. before I went to Loma Linda. Mm-hmm. So I was really big on this. I grew up within that generation that uh-huh. said, we need to change this world. And I still believe in uh-huh. that, right? So I thought the best way to change it would be to go to Washington, D.C. <laughs> but in the midst of this trying to find myself, mm-hmm. I realized I wanted to change the world, yet there was something that I wasn't changing. Mm. And that was when God spoke to me and said, if you continue down this route, ro- yeah, this route, you'll you'll lose me forever. Hmm. And that thought uh, gave me a sense of fear. Like, I I don't want to lose God. Mm -hmm. But what does that even mean? How do I find him? Mm -hmm. And that's when I was praying to go to Mm -hmm. what's the next step in life. And God made it very clear. Go to graduate school. Go to Loma Linda Mm -hmm. University. So then I went. And then when I went, I was just... uh, I remember my first class and the teacher prayed... Uh for the class and the teacher told us I want you to pray take the Mm. next 10 minutes to pray and study the Bible and discover why God brought you to this school Mm. and this is the first time you'd been in an Adventist school this was the first time first class first experience wow and I remember when (laughs) yeah you know when she prayed I I was in tears because I was like, I've never experienced this in my mm. life. Well, let's fast forward a little bit. You were studying at Loma Linda. You were studying public health? Yes. Okay. How did you get from public health and into GLOW? You said you work with GLOW. Um, yeah. With the tra- GLOW tracks. Uh-huh. Well, at Loma Linda, I, I was praying for what type of uh, young adults I should mm-hmm. be around because I wanted to know the Bible, wanted to study. Mm-hmm. Well, I was connected with a, a group. They're called Advent Hope, mm-hmm. and they would go on outreach. And I remember one particular Sabbath where um, we were, the speaker was speaking about glow. And at mm-hmm. this point in my life, I was like, "Oh, that's cool." There's like little pamphlets, mm-hmm. and we distribute them. Well, I read the one on health, mm-hmm. and it was a passing thought at this time. But I was like, "Oh, that'd be so cool if that was in Mong." Mm-hmm. And then it just escaped me. <laughs> but when I graduated Loma Linda, mm-hmm. um, okay, sorry, let me backtrack a little. 
during my time in Loma Linda, that was when I prayed for this group, and I basically asked God, "It must. I want to go to a young adult group that had a convicting message." Mm-hmm. And they would invite me to Paula. <laughs> and I was like, Lord, if that's if those two things are met, I'm gonna know uh-huh. this is where you want me to be. Potluck. <laughs> so I remember the Sabbath I went to Advent Hope. Mm-hmm. Randy Skeet was the preacher. Mm-hmm. Very strong. <laughs> I was but I needed that. I'm yeah. that type of person where I need that mm-hmm. tough love. So it convicted you. I was so convicted, like I need to study my Bible. Uh-huh. And then on my way out, I was like, but Lord, you only answered half of my prayer. <laughs> uh, right as I'm like speaking and saying that, a young girl mm-hmm. stops me and says, hey, are you new here? Would you like to come to potluck with us? <laughs> and I was like, Lord, you have such a great humor. <laughs> I accepted that invitation, decided to keep going to Avon Hope. Mm-hmm. That girl actually becomes the girl that gives me personal Bible studies. Oh, wow. And I learned the sanctuary message. Mm-hmm. Completely changed my life. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know the full extent of the plan of redemption. Mm. And I remember just crying, thinking, does our church know that this is our message? Mm-hmm. I, I hear from you that this was really a key point where instead of just having your parents' identity and being an Adventist because of what your parents experienced, now it was your identity yes uh-huh. this was the turning point this was the why mm-hmm. that i needed okay so now that you find your why <laughs> how did that go to glow <laughs> well i remember i um we would do outreach uh-huh. with this group i graduated mm-hmm. and i moved and i was given a job offer to mm-hmm. return to dc washington dc or go to fresno and I prayed about it. <laughs> My heart wanted to go to D.C., mm-hmm. but the Lord is like, go to Fresno. So mm-hmm. I went to Fresno. And when I went back to Fresno, I uh, was reintroduced to the GLOW ministry. Mm-hmm. And so I phoned them up and I said, I would love to get this in my own language mm-hmm. because we don't have the Bible accurately translated. Wow. And we have zero spirit of prophecy. Mm. So if somebody wanted to know the truth, they wouldn't mm-hmm. be able to find it. And that that just broke my heart. Mm-hmm. And it was it's devastating that if anyone wanted to know the truth, mm-hmm. they can't really find it. Um, mm. So that's really what called me to action, mm-hmm. um, to, to move forward with doing something. And so GLOW was a, an opportunity to provide literature. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Uh- you're now working with Globe, mm-hmm. and you have a lot of different aspects of that job that you do. What is Glow for people listening, mm-hmm. and how can they use that in their own life to reach out to others? So Glow stands for Giving Light to uh-huh. Our World. It is a small pocket tract ministry mm-hmm. that is is there to help everybody share the gospel in a tangible way every single day. Mm. And um, as God provides opportunities, you share your Mm -hmm. faith. And I really started to believe in literature ministry when when after we translated these Hmong tracts, Mm -hmm. we would pass them out and people would start calling me. Mm -hmm. And they would want to join the church and they wanted to study the Bible. From a simple little tract. From a simple little tract. 
That's powerful. And especially the tract on the Sabbath truth, uh-huh. it is the most popular, the most mm-hmm. called back on tract wow. for my community. They simply tell me we just didn't know. Huh. Are there any like short, interesting stories about sharing glow that has really had a powerful impact on someone's life? Well, yeah, for my community, and mm-hmm. I do it for the general audience too. Mm-hmm. I do pass out English glow tracks, <laughs> but um, for my for my community, there was a lady. So every year in December, we have mm-hmm. a festival, and as refugees and as a culture, we love to get together. Mm-hmm. We're very community orientated. So every December, we have a seven day festival in Fresno, California, <laughs> where I'm from, and. Over a hundred thousand Hmong people come to it. Wow! So I used to go to be entertained, but now I go with glow tracks, <laughs> <laughs> and um, they're from all over the world because uh-huh. we're refugees. We're right. everywhere. We're in South America. We're in Australia. Uh-huh. We're in Europe. We're wow! In... And they all come from all these countries once a year. You said once a year. Once in a year to this big festival. Yes. Wow! <laughs> and uh, we did it for three years. Uh-huh. So since. Since 2014, we've been mm-hmm. passing these glow tracks out. Mm. And uh, in 2017, just this past year, mm-hmm. a lady and her husband are in my church, mm-hmm. and they're reading glow tracks. Mm. And for someone like me, that's just like, ooh, who are they? Uh-huh. What are they doing in here? And how, you know? I I actually took a picture of that <laughs> vision, of that image, because I was like, like this doesn't uh-huh. happen very often. So after the services, I spoke to them. And the lady is from Minnesota, mm-hmm. but she's in Fresno at my church. And I asked her, "How did you hear about our church?" And mm-hmm. she said, "Well, we we're currently um, going to the church in Minnesota, mm-hmm. and we just started keeping the Sabbath um, wow. since January. And at this time, it was April. Mm-hmm. And I asked her, 'Oh, how did you guys hear about it?' And then we walk in our lobby, and she says, 'Well, you know, you're.'" Your like uh, pa- these little papers mm-hmm. in your lobby. Well, somebody passed out this one, and she was pointing to the Sabbath wow. track <laughs> in Mong. And she said, "You know, every year, she's a vendor mm-hmm. at the festival, and she has been for ten years." Mm-hmm. She says, "Every year, someone has been giving me these papers." Wow. So she had gotten them more than once. She had gotten more than once, and mm-hmm. then she said, "This past year, I was asking God, what really is the true day of mm-hmm. worship?" She's also Christian, mm-hmm. but she was going on the first day of, um, to worship, mm-hmm. and uh, she got this glow tract. Somebody from my church faithfully went, passed it out. Mm-hmm. She received the Sabbath tract. Um, she read it, went to her Bible, mm-hmm. studied it, went to. Wow. And she's like, I I need to keep the Sabbath. <laughs> so then, she, once she went home from the festival back to Minnesota, she started keeping it, and mm-hmm. then she connected with a Hmong Adventist group in Minnesota. From one little tract on the Sabbath. Yes, that's really powerful. And you know what excites me about glow mm-hmm. is you don't have to have any particular skills to pass out glow tracks. No. Anyone can you just give them out anywhere mm-hmm. to anyone? What languages are they available in? We have glow tracks in about seventy languages and wow. growing. <laughs> so literally anywhere in the world. Yeah, we. It's funny. I worked with translations, and now I'm working with the global mm-hmm. translation process of mm-hmm. glow tracks. And so, um, we're continuing to to expand mm-hmm. 
and it's all based on volunteers who want mm -hmm. literature in their own language. So the, I, I love this idea that it doesn't matter which country you might be from when you're listening to this podcast, but you could probably find a glow tract in your language or yes. a language that you know, mm -hmm. and you could pass it out in your community. Yeah, if you go on glowonline.org, you'll mm -hmm. find a list of different titles and languages. That's really beautiful. Now, I just want to, as we kind of wrap this up, you started off just talking about how an Adventist came to Laos and mm -hmm. introduced a message to your grandpa. Yes. How does GLOW intersect with that, and what does it mean to you personally? Well, you know, I think um, the sacrifice of one young person, mm -hmm. because the missionaries were young people. Oh, wow. Um, they gave up you know, the cares that they could have had in mm -hmm. this world to come to the jungles, mountains, mm -hmm. to, you know, just to be with people who were pretty much forgotten to the outside world. Mm -hmm. And they brought the beautiful message, physically brought a beautiful message to my people. And my parents, you know, became Adventists. Mm -hmm. And now I believe by providence and sacrifice, mm -hmm. The message has to go forward mm -hmm. and um, and it has in fact I've gotten calls from Vietnam saying we've wow. read the Sabbath tract we've read the materials and so wow God is up to something big mm -hmm. and it's beyond me and mm -hmm. I'm just grateful for him being able to use me mm. and I feel the Lord has finally given me the identity I really needed to know uh-huh and really, it's to, to finish his work. It's almost like the story has come full circle. You're now doing what those young people did in your home country of Laos. Mm -hmm. You're now with the opportunity to do that same mission work and make a difference in other people's lives. Yeah, exactly. I'm, I, I believe God has called me for a special purpose mm -hmm. to reach my own people mm -hmm. um, because I can in the language that I speak. Mm -hmm. And so it, it's, um, it's beautiful to learn all these people who are learning the truth. Mm. Thank you so much for sharing with us today. And I just appreciate how you're saying it's God called you mm. in your setting with your people and your language. Mm -hmm. And he can call anyone else with a simple resource like a glow tract to make a difference in someone else's life. Right. Thank you. Thank you. Much appreciation to Tara for sharing her experiences with us. We hope that this episode serves as a reminder that every effort to lead souls to Jesus is precious to the heart of God.